Number one, prayer works. Number two, it's a command. Number three, it is an example of Jesus. Jesus never lived his life without prayer. Prayer was the most predominant feature in the life of Jesus. And if prayer was something Jesus did constantly, prayer should be some, uh, it should be what every Christian should do constantly if that Christian wants to be victorious. A child of God or a Christian who does not pray is one who positions him or herself in a place where God cannot help him or God cannot do much in his life. Now, the reason why we place so much emphasis on prayer is because prayer is very important in the life of the believer. Praise God. Now, we get to understand in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 12, the verse 23, that prayerlessness is sin. And we have always said that prayerlessness is the first sin you commit before all other sins break loose in your life. Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. In Ephesians chapter 6, the verse 18, the Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are commanded to make prayer always something we are, we are supposed to do continually in our life in first thessalonians 5 17 the bible says pray without ceasing in colossians chapter 4 the verse 2 the bible says continue in prayer and watch in with bearing the same with thanksgiving romans chapter 12 the verse 12 the bible says rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer now anytime you fail to obey um, scriptural instructions you begin to lose the benefits that come along with them so for the bible to tell us to pray constantly that tells us that not praying constantly it's actually disaster i've told you over and over again that there are three things the bible tells us to do always in the new testament there are three things the bible tells us to do always in the new testament number one the bible tells us in philippians 4 4 it says rejoice always i say again rejoice so number one every believer must cultivate the habit of rejoicing constantly and always irrespective of how you feel or what life problems uh, teach you praise god number two the second thing the bible tells us to do consistently or always is thanksgiving in ephesians chapter 5 the verse 20 the bible says giving thanks always to the father giving thanks always giving thanks what always for all things for all things means even the good the bad and the ugly we are supposed to give thanks to god and number three the bible says praying always so the third thing the bible tells us to do always is prayer please don't live without this understanding rejoicing always giving thanks and prayer if you come to my prayer room i have i've divided it into four so i have the east west north and then the south i have printed thank you jesus thank you lord thank you father thank you holy spirit and i've pasted them in the four corners so when i turn when i'm praying i look this way i say thank you jesus so i remind myself and i thank him when i look this way i say thank you i look this way i say thank you i look this way i say thank you so i surround myself with thanksgiving because i tell you that as a christian being thankful is how you get your spiritual tank full Praise God. And every child of God needs to understand that there is power in thanksgiving. 
you thank him for your salvation you thank him for forgiveness of sins you thank him for making you born again thank him for giving you the holy spirit you thank him for deliverances you thank him for seeing you through a successful examination you thank him for going for an interview you thank him even for the interview that did not go well you thank him for your parents the bible says i uh, beseech you therefore that men pray always but in first timothy chapter 2 the Bible tells us that we should make supplication, giving of thanks for all men. So we have to thank God for all men. You thank God for all men. Your parents, you thank God. For all Christians across the world, you thank God. For your Christian friends, you thank God. Your Christian brothers and sisters, you thank God. You thank God for his mercies. You thank God for his loving kindness. You thank God for the provisions he has made available for you. You thank God for security and protection. You thank God. Hallelujah. So last week we began to look about 60 things that happens to believers who do not pray. And every child of God that wants to be serious with God must take this teaching serious. We said number one, God's presence will seem far away. I wish I could repeat it, but because of the time I won't repeat it because I gave about how many of them? 22 of them. So go and get our teaching for last week on the podcast and you will be so blessed. Hallelujah. So quickly we want to go ahead um, from where we left off now what was number 22 can someone tell me before we move on trials will seem unending and you will lack what it takes to be victorious over them when you are a child of God or a believer who does not pray praise God now trials were designed to be for a moment in the life of every believer God designed trials to help the maturity of saints but when a believer becomes less spiritual those trials can overwhelm you constantly to the extent that those trials becomes a lifestyle in your life praise God Number 23, your love for the world grows and increases rapidly. Your love for the world grows and increases rapidly. Now, please understand this. There is no middle ground. You are either worldly or godly. Write that down. There is no middle ground. You are either worldly or godly. Now, the challenge is that when a Christian creates a middle ground by himself, that believer becomes what we call lukewarm. So God designed the Christian life in such a way that there should be no middle ground. It's either you are worldly or what? Godly. When a believer creates a middle ground, he becomes lukewarm and God says, I will spew you out of my mouth. That is, you become irrelevant. Because anything you spit out of your mouth is something that is not relevant 
for you to swallow or digest. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the book of Revelation, he says, you are neither hot nor cold. Therefore, I will spew you out of my mouth. That means you become irrelevant. So we need to understand that we are either godly or worldly. And the more godly we become, the less worldly we become. The more worldly we become, the less what? Godly we become. And I'm teaching you a secret. So the more you feed your soul with worldliness, godliness diffuses out of your life. So prayerlessness is how we position ourselves in a place where we become more worldly. Praise God. Number 24. You will take foolish and unwise decisions without discerning. You will take foolish and unwise decisions without discerning. Hmm. Now, we need to understand that life is filled with decisions. Every single day, every single hour, every single minute, you are taking decisions. As I speak to you now, some of you are planning what you are going to eat. As I speak to you now, some of you are planning where you'll be living when you close from church. You had to take a decision to come to church. You could have decided to stay home. You could have given yourself an excuse why you should stay home. Please, are you getting this thing? So our lives are filled with decisions. Praise God. You decide the food you want to eat. You decide the shoes you want to wear for church. You decide the clothes you want to wear. You, you, you decide the friends you want to walk with. You, so our lives are filled with choices. So you'll be shocked that we take close to 5,000 choices or decisions every day without knowing. You'll be shocked. I repeat. You take close to 5,000 decisions daily. Without knowing. So imagine out of 5,000 decisions you take, 4,900 it's not God's will. And you see, what happens to us when we pray is that our discernment is heightened. So it's not that when I pray to take a decision, is that I'm going to sleep and God will bring the man, whether it's Kwame or Kojo, and two of them will be standing there and then one will vanish and one will remain. They said, ah, I know it's Kwame. What we are saying about prayer is that prayer heightens your level of discernment to the extent that you may not say, God, is it this or that, but you will just know by discernment what it is. So when prayer is part of your life, 
it helps you to take right decisions. So what I'm saying is that every prayerless decision is a bad decision to begin with. So what I'm saying is that after spending consistent times of prayer with God, for example, you pray before you move out of the house. What happens is that you are going to take about 5,000 decisions. The food you are going to eat. So you decide to, to eat at this shop today. But that day, the food the woman prepared was going to cause food poisoning in your stomach. Because you have prayed and your height of discernment has increased, what happens is that you just lose the desire buying this woman's food and you buy the other and you are safe from that. You didn't get what I said. When your height of discernment is heightened, what happens is that that truck truck car you are supposed to bought today, all of a sudden, you just lose design boarding that car and you bought this car. Your decision now is subconsciously influenced by God without you knowing that God was already in it. You go to the market to go and buy food. You, you realize this one is selling uh, cassava. This one is selling cassava. This one is selling cassava. Now, when your height, when your discernment has increased in the place of prayer, what happens is that one way or the other, you just make a decision to buy from the right person. Are you following what I'm saying? You will talk to the right people. Remember, Jesus prayed all night to choose 12 disciples. And out of the 12, one was a devil. So, if you don't pray, what happens is that you will choose 12 devils to walk with you. I'm teaching with you. This teaching will save someone. I know what I'm saying. Number what? 25. Your faith life will die. Which means all exploits God intends for you to wrath will be forfeited. This is a serious matter here. Your faith life will die. Which means all exploits God intends for you to rot or rot will be forfeited. I repeat that again. Your faith life will die, which means that all exploits God intends for you to rot or execute will be forfeited. The number one killer of faith is prayerlessness. A prayerful man is a daring man. Why? Because he's a man of faith and faith dares. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Four times in the Bible, the just shall live by faith. But we need to understand that faith cometh by hearing the word of God, but faith grows and faith is built by prayer. So faith may come and not grow. Faith may come and not be built. Faith may come and not be strengthened. Are you following this thing? So what happens in the place of prayer is that when we receive the word of God, which, in, which gives us faith, prayer is what nurtures our faith. So what happens when a man becomes prayerless is that he becomes faithless because his faith dies easily. If the Bible says that just shall live by faith, that means a man survives by faith as a child of God. 
So when you don't have a prayer life, you will have a faith problem. So, don't be too quick to think God is unfaithful. By experience in ministry, when I'm now counseling people and people are seeing all kinds of things happening to them, I just first ask one question. How is your prayer life? And it seems that some don't want to hear it. All they care about is that their problem is solved. God is not a magician. He's not a magician. That's how come we have so many magicians calling themselves prophets. And we think that God exists to solve our problems. Listen, if you don't build that relationship walk of prayer, or which begins with prayer, it affects your faith. You can't trust God for anything. You depend on people. There are many Christians today whose hope are in people. The last time I checked Jeremiah, he says, Cursed is the man that places his trust in a man. We depend on people for everything. And the reason why, if you have realized, prayer is like an atmosphere that is being built everywhere you go today. It's like there's a strong emphasis on prayer. And many Christians are not discerning it. They are still giving excuses why they are not praying. Listen, there is a wave of hardship that is about coming. There is a wave of difficulty, frustration, famine, hunger that is about hitting everybody in the world. Every economy of the world will shake. And the reason why God is emphasizing some of this reality is because a believer who is not rooted in his ground with God in terms of his relationship with God, that believer will be swept away by that wave. That's like most of my teachings are prophetic teachings. I'm a prophet, so my teachings are prophetic teachings. So sometimes I'll teach. You may be thinking that someone has told you about told me about your problem. But what I'm doing is that God is giving me prophetic words that are relevant to your life at a particular time in God's calendar. So hear me. When that wave comes and you are not prepared first of all in the place of prayer, you will compromise. Number 26. The 26 thing that happens to Christians or believers who do not pray, the truth of God's word will not be fruitful in your life. The truth of God's word will not be fruitful in your life. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that the word of God produces fruit and flourishes in the prayerful heart. The word of God produces fruit and flourishes in a prayerful heart. So a life of prayer makes the word of God fruitful. Don't think the word of God will produce results in your life just because you have memorized it. Don't think the word of God will produce results in your life just because you have meditated on it. Or just because you know it. Prayer 
makes your heart a fertile ground for the word of God to produce the relevant fruit it is supposed to produce in your life. So the word of God is a seed, but remember there are four kinds of hearts that receive it. The Bible says a farmer went to grow crops and some crops, some of the seeds, he went to sow seeds. Some of the seeds fell upon what? The path. Some fell upon rock. Some fell upon thorny grounds and some fell upon good soil. The Bible says those that fell upon the path, birds came and stole it away. There are those who hear the word of God, but because they don't understand it, the enemy steals it away from them. And that's a dangerous thing. Never live here without understanding something. Because anytime you're, you're battling to understand something that's been taught, that means you, you're not supposed to be distracted when you're hearing the word of God. Because every revelation you lose is a blessing you lose. So, without understanding the word of God and you leave this place, you don't go through your notes. What happens is that that little you are trying to grasp is going to be stolen. But the Bible says the seed that fell upon the good soil, it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold results. So, you see, prayer prepares the heart to be a good soil. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, prayer does that to your heart. And I'm sure someone is, is battling, asking a question that the prophet of God has discerned. He said, Man of God, it seems what you're saying, I'm praying, but I'm still not experiencing at least the 25 things you are just sharing. Since when did you start praying? One month ago, you want to experience this. Now, you see, one of the problems afflicting the body of Christ is impatience. The moment you hear truth from the pulpit, you expect that fruit to become true in your life in two weeks. And that's the challenge of many Christians. So they hear about prayer. We say, we say that prayer keeps a man from temptation or helps a man in temptation and the person starts praying for two weeks he's expecting that within two weeks no temptation should come to him ah it doesn't work that way what God is saying is that build the life with me don't take this thing as a try and error okay let me see for one week whether it will work no it works so make it a life then such experiences will start happening are you are you following what i'm saying so you don't pray monday and you pray on thursday and expe expect to see the same results of what i'm teaching you am i helping you number what number what 27 many things would delay in your life especially god's promises and personal prophecies it's a serious matter here what happens to believers who do not pray many things would delay in your life especially god's promises and personal prophecies first timothy chapter 1 the verse 18 first timothy chapter 1 the verse 18 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says, This charge I commit unto thee, O son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest what? What? You are not here. What? War a what? Good warfare. It's a serious matter here. Every promise of God, every prophecy of God given to your life is actually war. You know why? Because unfortunately, two people heard it, you and the devil. There was a prophecy given that the, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Immediately, the devil started looking out for that seed. He thought that seed was Abel because of how he was behaving. So he incited Cain to kill him. He thought that seed was Noah because he saw him saving a group of people. He incited him to be a drunkard. He thought that seed was Moses. So he went through Pharaoh to kill all children under who are within the same age range of Moses because he couldn't figure out where exactly Moses was. That's what the Bible says that had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That means it was down in prophecy but the devil was not wise enough to discover it. That, that even gives you hope that the devil is not unknowing. He doesn't know what you are eating in the next two minutes. That's just by the way. But what I'm saying is that once a prophecy goes forth There is war. So let me tell you, it's good to clap when someone receives a prophecy, but the one who received it is in trouble. If I were you, I would not desire prophecy. I would desire prayer. Because I can tell you, if I don't prophesy to you, okay, and you still have a prayer life there are things that will happen to you that was not prophesied but if I prophesy to you and you don't pray about that prophecy trust me there will be a problem or they said to you that you are going to be a great man of God and you are going to shake the nations You will preach in India, Pakistan, Kazakhstan, Brazil, Germany. And you will say, Jesus, thank you for counting me worthy. <laughs> he didn't know what was just coming. If you don't take care, that same man that was prophesied is going to be a great man. Last, we'll finish him. Last, we'll finish him. The test for money and fame will destroy him. Why? Because the devil will plant everything to make sure that that word will not come to pass. That's why I tell people, there is one, see, there is one weapon the devil cannot resist. It is called perseverance. It's called perseverance. God has told you something is going to come through or come to pass in your life. And then you are praying, you are still not seeing the thing. Listen, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Whether you've seen it or not, keep praying.
praying. Don't use outward circumstances to measure what is going on in the spirit. So many have forfeited God's plan for their lives because they began to look outside. I've been praying, I've been fasting. It seems nothing is working. Be careful. Because you actually don't see what is happening in the spirit. So you can't say nothing seems to be working. How do you say that? So when I hear people saying that I'm praying, I'm fasting, man of God, nothing is working. I'll ask you that. How did you see that nothing is working? How did you see that nothing is working? Who told you that nothing is working? It was the devil feeding you with that information. But what we are trying to say is that when a believer does not pray, many things will delay in your life, especially God's promises. And what? Personal prophecies. God said to Israel through Abraham many years ago, that it shall come to pass that your descendants or your offspring are going to be in another nation and that nation will rule over them 400 years. It came to pass that Israel served as slaves in Egypt for 400 years and guess what? It crossed the 400 years into 430 years. Extra 30 years. And I'm sure you read your Bible but you never noticed it. They were supposed to be in captivity for how many years? 400 years. It took 430 years. I'm sure by your carnality, you say, God lied. For the first time, I caught God. <laughs> you just lied to yourself, man. Go and check your Bible. The Bible says, Israel began to cry unto God. And God said, I have heard. Ah! the fact that God says something will happen in your life does not mean it will happen. These are technicalities we need to understand. So people think that you know, God has said it. He would do it. Oh my goodness, that's a word of encouragement, you know. The thing is that, you see, when God says it, he does it. That's the truth. But unfortunately, in, in the midst of God doing it, there are resistances. Remember, the Bible says a great and effectual door has been opened, but many are the adversaries. So the problem is not the door, the problem is the adversaries. Remember when Daniel began to pray and the angel came after 21 days. He said, the very first day you decided to seek God, your answer came. But... But the prince of Persia withstood me 20 and 1 days. The word withstood actually means to detain. So a demon detained an angel, bringing an answer to Daniel. And I'm sure you are wondering that, man of God, if angels are powerful beings, how can an, a, a demon detain an angel? You don't understand spiritual things. Before the fall of Lucifer, if the angels that he came down with, who became falling angels, were powerful than an angel, they didn't lose their power for that angel. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, if one of the angels who became a, who became a fallen angel was more powerful in rank than another angel, he has not lost that power. So the Bible says it was Michael that came for reinforcement. So there are some of you, your angels have been tied. You see, 
You see, you understand so much of the love of God, so you don't understand this thing. <laughs> yeah. Check your Bible, you realize something. When Peter, when James was arrested and they were killed, I'm sure they were saying that God loves this guy, he's going to bring him out. Before they realize, his head was on the table. And I just said, ah, that means I'm not here. It doesn't work that way. And they began to pray without ceasing. And the Bible tells us an angel was sent. There are some of you, you have not understood that the answer to the things that you have prayed about has already been released. But your angel has been tied. He has been detained. And you need to pray until there is reinforcement. Okay, you're too, you know. You are thinking like a human being. Man of God, only a dentistry angel. here last two weeks when we're, we prophesied to a hairdresser here that she has gone to put her hand into someone's hair and the person's hair was full of serpents. How many were here? And I gave prophecy that I saw the serpent do what? Bite her. She said the night before something bit her. She did something bit her and she showed us the mark. Listen, there are things in the spirit too. That's why I, I do my grace with prayer. <laughs> Only if you understand what I just said. That's just by the way. Can't you ask me? Can we proceed? Number one. 28 ungodliness will rise in your life and conduct ungodliness will rise in your life and conduct what I mean by that is that you become less spiritual without a prayer life hmm. Psalm 32 the verse 6 you become what? less spiritual so ungodliness will rise in your life and conduct he says for this shall everyone that is godly do what pray meaning the test of true spirituality begins on prayer begins in prayer so a man begins the journey of ungodliness when it begins the journey of prayerlessness I repeat a man begins the journey of ungodliness when he begins the journey of prayerlessness let's do that quickly are we good to go I'm at 29 right you will lose your convictions, confidence, sensitivity, and discernment. 
some of the things are quite close some of the things I'm saying are quite identical but just write it you will lose your convictions your confidence your sensitivity and discernment I've seen people who have fallen into false doctrine just because of prayerlessness if you read Psalm 32 the verse 6 to 9 you realize that there are hazards for prayerlessness and one of them is discernment you lose it in 1st Timothy chapter 4 the verse 1 to 4 the Bible gives a prophecy that the spirit now expressly speaks that some that in the latter time some would depart from the faith the what? the faith giving heed to what? seducing spirits now remember I'm teaching on spiritual warfare and we need to understand they are seducing spirits you know some don't believe these things but they are real they are spirits that seduce you seducing spirit seductive spirit suggest seductive thoughts seductive feelings seductive ideas he says some shall depart from the faith so a Christian can depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and what? doctrines of devils unto them I didn't know they are doctrines propagated by demons hear me carefully there are doctrines propagated by demons and I can give you many but one key is fornication is not a sin it's a demonic doctrine demonic doctrine it doesn't matter what you do with your body God still loves you give me the verse Give me the verse. So, we have not understood the place of grace and the place of responsibility. That's the challenge. But the Bible tells us that there will be a time. And he said that, so this one was actually Paul prophesying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. What was going to befall us? He says that in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith. It is happening today. And they are giving heed. Are you seeing that? They are giving heed. They are giving attention to seductive spirits and then doctrines of devils. Look at the next verse. He says, speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with hot iron. Which means their conscience doesn't prick them again. So one of the things that happens to prayerless Christians is the loss of convictions. The same Christian that held onto spiritual, biblical, holy values can just become a loose cannon in a day. Number 30. You will gradually be backsliding without knowing the 30th thing that happens to prayerless Christians or Christians who don't have a prayer life you will gradually be backsliding without knowing 
what I'm saying is that backsliding begins with prayerlessness backsliding begins with prayerlessness dangerous very soon we just notice that your confession is changing we notice that your dressing is changing your thoughts are changing how you behave is changing gradually you realize it I wish I had time 31 your spiritual monitors every Christian has a spiritual monitor every child of God has a spiritual monitor. so your spiritual monitors what I mean by that is your dreams visions deep impressions trances spiritual sensing will either be shut down or hibernated so your spiritual monitors will either be shut down or hibernated What I mean by that is that soon you will not see or experience much of them in your life. Your spiritual monitors, which your dreams, your visions, your spiritual sensing or spiritual sensibility and your trances will either be shut down or what? Hibernated. Many of you celebrate one great prophet called Daniel because he was one of the, the prophets that God gives lots of visions. But I came to notice that Daniel sustained his ability to keep his life of visions and revelations on the altar of constant prayer. If you read the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, you will realize the secret of Daniel's consistent visions. The Bible says, now Daniel knew that the writing was signed and he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled down upon his knees, how many times? Three times a day and prayed and did what? Gave thanks before his God as what? As what? He did a four times. So he's telling you that it was not a decree that was passed that made Daniel pray many Christians pray only when they are in trouble or when there is a need and that is dangerous give me NLT the Bible says he did this as he did what a fourth time that means it was part of his life look he says he prayed three times a day just as he had always done so that was a secret to Daniel's visions revelations how does a man have a dream and tell you to tell me the dream and interpret it? That's what Pharaoh said. If it was in our day, especially in this church, everybody would die. Because they said any magician who is not able to tell the dream and interpret it, that magician will lose the head. So if, if uh, Pharaoh comes here and says that all of you, you say you are Christians. I've had a dream. Tell me the dream and interpret the dream. If not, everybody will die. What is going to happen? And the ministers will go first. (laughs) 
tell me the dream I had in my heart and interpret it. How will you do this? Am I teaching good at all? Number what? 32, right? You will be overwhelmed by so many life troubles and challenges. You will be overwhelmed by so many what? Troubles and challenges. Many troubles will hit you down. Know why? Because we are fighting a spiritual war. And hear me. Every child of God will experience an evil day in your life. Write that down. So if you're a child of God and someone taught you that the Christian is always going to experience victory, it's a lie. The Christian is always going to be happy. No, that false gospel, that, that promises Christian constant prosperity. Everything is going to be fine in your life because you have believed Jesus. And that's the kind we have had people who have left their faith today because they were disappointed that that promise didn't come to pass. And we don't know, we have forgotten that we are in a spiritual war. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, read from the verse 11. The Bible says that put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to do what? Withstand the what? Wiles of the devil. The word wiles are tricks, attacks, arrows, fiery darts of the devil. So the devil is always throwing something. The devil is always throwing something. He's always up to something against your life. And look at the next verse. In fact, come to the verse 13. Look, look, look. He says that wherefore take unto you, in fact, we're going to read it together loudly. One, two, go. Now, notice he says wherefore take. That means a choice. Take. Take. That means you can leave. You can leave it. He says, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able. So, our ability is in what we take. Number two, he says you may be able to withstand. Withstand in the what? Evil day. Every child of God will have an evil day. You know the evil day? The evil day is when there is trouble and no human being can help you. You'll be hit by a trial. Tell someone, watch out for the evil day. It is not a prophecy. It is a word of knowledge. And it is sure to happen in your life. I thank God for making positive declarations. But there are some things, declarations will not help. The Bible says everybody should take it. Why? Because there is going to be an evil day that will be for you. It's my wish and my will that no evil will be for you. But the Bible says there is an evil day. So 
So a child of God who does not pray will have many troubles hit you. Last time I checked the Bible says in James 5 verse 30. He says, is any one of you afflicted? Any one of you afflicted? He didn't say let him cry. I've come to realize that it's okay to cry because crying is being human. But you see, when you limit crying by just crying, there is trouble. Because the Bible says, which one of you by worrying can add a single cubit to his height? There's nobody who finished crying and there's a solution. He says, is any one of you afflicted? Let him what? Pray. Hey, let him what? Pray. So imagine you are going through life challenges. A temptation has hit you. One lady has come to your office who is beautiful, tempting you Monday to Friday. And you know the only way you can be saved from this is two options. Either God helps you or you leave the company. <laughs> and you know you are not leaving anytime soon because a Jumaya thing. Getting a job is difficult. So now you have to stay there. What will you do? It's called an evil day. But yours will be evil days. Because it's going to be every day. And that lady is in the office. That lady is close to your hostel. So every morning you wake up, you see her. And she's preparing food for you every three days. Was slicey, everything say. Sausage is not good to say. Now, or the gizzard are too chain say. Now, or the ketchup I love was to say. Then, on the dog, cock, cock, cock. This is wearing hot jeans. You know the one that is here. You know there's one when you wear it, it's up to here like this. They're all your ties. Not the inkuto asras to say. On Shabrazia. Things are hanging and dangling. Then the nipple is pointed like that. Na kokoko. Ubiya na ukrani say as a waitress. Hello, good morning. Now, when that evil day comes and three of your roommates told you they are going home, they'll come on Monday. Kadela Babra Soto Komalas. Hefia Fia Fakada Kasiata Kappa. Tongues, they can say, because other they bound to be tongues. You don't know. You guys don't know this thing. Are you know? You say we know. A Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, demonic scriptures comes to you. The righteous shall fall seven times, and he shall rise again. 
I know I shall rise. At that time, that verse is a demonic scripture. There is forgiveness with thee, O oh Lord. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Nothing shall separate me. Now you're battling. And all happens in a split second. You analyze all these verses in a split second. Not your worship. They are new every morning. Hey! Now, what will you do? Because when that lady enters, you won't come out the same. Why are you saying yes? <laughs> Is there a living testimony in the house? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Yeah. I, I always warn you there are two brains one is here one is there when this one is working this one does not work when this one is working this one does not work sorry <laughs> Resurrection power. <laughs> and whichever one is alive gives you direction. That's like when one is alive, it gives you one direction. There's a hole in there. <laughs> Fill that hole. <laughs> move it! Move it there! You can't think. No, throw a coin. Move it there! And no pastor can even escape this thing. You forget your title. You forget your clerical. You forget all the verses you know. You forget all the messages you have preached before. That's like every time you finish, then you're like, ah, why? Why did I do it? Pacho Benka, why? Benka, why? When you open that door, you should have closed it. Okay, let's move on. You know, maybe I'll share this experience in the second service, but there was one guy I was praying for in the US. He's in a strategic place, strategic office, but nothing seems to be working. I was in prayer and the Lord said, when he was on campus, he slept with one lady. And that, that was his end. The lady was not correct spiritually. And that was his end. See, so if you are that type that lost pleasure, you thought you have gotten free lapopo. There are some things that seems free, but you pay later. And he was trying to, because he, he actually forgot. You know why? Because he, has, he slept with different women. So you that man that is having record of the people you have cleared in your life. 
<laughs> so I reminded him because I saw it in the spirit. And I told him. He said, yes, man of God. Then he was silent on the phone. I pray he doesn't listen to this message because he's on podcast. <laughs> Cut it out. When he was on campus. And listen, this is about 10 years ago. So can you imagine that the 10 years was still active? We'll do that on second service. Let's go. Number one. 33. You will soon doubt the validity and authenticity of your salvation. What happens to believers who do not pray? You will soon doubt the validity and the authenticity of your salvation. I've come to notice that those Christians who just emerge out of the blues and say they don't believe in Jesus anymore are believers who first began by neglecting their prayer closet. Check it. 95% of the time. What's the next number? 34. You will soon doubt the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. You will soon doubt the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Lord, you seem so far away. A million miles or more, it feels today. If you are that child of God, that, and you've gotten to a place where it seems God's presence is far, it's like you even doubt if the Holy Ghost is in you. There's only one problem prayerlessness. Because prayer is how you make contact with God. And you hear me? you can be fully united with Christ and fully disconnected from Christ. You can be fully united with Christ and fully disconnected from Christ. What do I mean? We are one with Christ positionally, but we can be disconnected from Christ experientially. This is a very important truth that if you doubt me today, you will soon realize it. I told you about how I went for fasting and prayer at a prayer camp and I was using a Bluetooth headset to listen to my music. And I began to go further away from the phone that I placed on the bench and I was enjoying the music. And as I went further away from the phone, I soon realized that the Bluetooth music playing began to break. Soon as I went further away from the phone, I heard disconnected. And soon because I was too far away from the phone, I heard switched off then i noticed that i had to come back and turn it on again and then i heard connected when i got closer to the phone and the song started playing and the lord told me this is the devotional life the phone is me god i am playing the music the bluetooth is only a receiver 
as long as the phone is connected to the Bluetooth, whatever plays on the phone plays through the Bluetooth. And God says that my life will play in the life of every believer that is connected. He didn't clap because the thing is tormenting you now. So what we mean by what we say is that the believer loses his function when he's disconnected from God. And many Christians are boasting nothing can separate us from Christ but they're actually disconnected from Christ. Don't confuse positional realities with experiential realities. It can be very dangerous because there are many people whose convictions are not experiences. They are only confessions. And I fear such believers who confess and profess what they are not experiencing. So positional realities are a base. We stand upon those realities to build a life that is filled with the experience of that reality. That's like I might say, you first receive the gift of righteousness, but it is not enough. That gift must produce fruits of righteousness. So the positional realities was accomplished by Christ. The experiential realities are accomplished by you cooperating with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I always say there's a difference. There are two things destroying the church today. Legalism and liberalism. Legalism means all depends on me and my effort. That's works of the law. Liberalism says all depends on God because he has done it. And that's the challenge. Christianity is neither legalism nor liberalism, but human effort depending on God. That's how come the Bible says, give all diligence to add to your faith. He says, add to your faith. Add to your faith. That means faith alone is not enough. So that teaching now says, when you believe in Christ, that is all. Can be a very dangerous weapon in the hand of the devil to destroy many Christian lives. So we have many irresponsible Christians who are putting their responsibility on God. So if God tells you to do something, it means he has already given you the capacity to do it. If God says, be ye holy, he's telling you he has made you holy so you can experience it by walking in holiness. If God says, pray continuously, he's telling you he has given you what it takes to pray. So many people are dodging from responsibility, dodging from discipline, dodging, and they want to still experience that same life. We are same in identity, not same in function. That's like you can see some Christians living a certain quality of life and others also living a certain quality of life. It is not favoritism because God is no respecter of persons. He shows no partiality. But guess what? There are some Christians who choose by virtue of understanding what Christ has done for them and they stand upon that reality to declare that I will stand for Jesus Christ by his help and power. That child of God will be a victorious Christian consistently. You didn't like it, so you didn't clap your hands to Jesus. 
that is why we fast that is why we pray that's why we walk in holiness that's why we refuse to tell lies that's why we, we mortify the deeds of the flesh we do that because we want to respect Calvary in salvation you profited from God in Christian life God profits from you how do you profit from all what Christ has done and Christ received no profit where is his harvest we need to understand that salvation is also a seed and that seed must produce a fruit because the last time I checked in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 the Bible tells us something very powerful here it says for the love of Christ constrained us because we judged us that if one died for all then all are dead now look at the next verse he says and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him that died for them and rose again so in salvation Christ gave his life to you in Christian life you give your life to Christ so God is saying it was no, it was no robbery that I demand you live for me because I gave my life to you much more the life that you live is not yours so prayerlessness is one of the best ways of disrespecting dishonoring and disregarding God in your life you know why? Because God gives you the greatest gift called access. Access. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. And you said, no, I won't pray because I am busy. Do you know what it means to get access to go to the president's office? I had the privilege of entering the office of Prophet Nanase Opokusako there. He doesn't take everybody there. And I entered that place. I was amazed. The state of the act there and i was filled with ow your prophet was looking like a foul that the rain has beating in the chair i was like this i couldn't talk my mouth was shivering how are you sir he gave me the privilege of access and i was out by what i saw you know what when you take advantage of the privilege of access god gives to you you'll be out by what you will see So a child of God who says I don't have time to pray is a child of God that is insulting, neglecting and disregarding the access given by the blood of Jesus. Look at how you prepare, you anticipate when you hear that the president wants to have dinner with you. There's a way you behave. There's a way you you conscientize your mind. There, there's a way. There's a way you you conduct yourself. That, that privilege of being the president of president. But guess what? The King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, give gave us access through His Son. And believers are saying, "I don't have time. I need to go to work. I don't have time. I need to go to the office. I don't have time. I I, I got to go do some few stuff here." And I'm speaking as God's representative telling you how God is so much disappointed that it seems as though his blood was a waste. And guess what? The child of God will always hear teaching like this and will never listen. If a prayerful life is not a concern to you, I don't know what will concern you.
we have seen that the secrets of all successes is friendship with God in the place of prayer right from Bible days right from Bible days to church history look at the early church when God told them to wait how did they wait in Acts 1 14 they didn't wait by sitting they waited by praying in Acts 1 14 the Bible tells us that these all continue with one accord in prayer that's how they waited for the promise so the fact that God told them they should tarry until they are endued with power did not mean they were sitting waiting for the Holy Ghost to come they prayed the Holy Ghost and many Christians are saying that God has promised me I'm waiting for his promise that's a lie we wait for God's promises I pray and the dangers of prayerlessness is too dangerous I've come to realize that all Christian failures begins with prayerlessness and I'll keep repeating this because your eyes need to be enlightened we have done close to 30 and over 30 teachings on, on prayer have you ever bothered to go to the podcast to go and listen we have dealt with struggles in prayer principles in prayer laws of prayer how to develop a consistent prayer life seven things killing your prayer life all these things are on podcast but the child of God will not until he's in trouble now let me tell you something that happened by the grace of God Mama Leah has delivered the bouncing baby girl that's just by the way but on that Tuesday when she delivered in fact when she was about to deliver now I don't know what came over me but suddenly I could not pray so I quickly texted the ministers that she couldn't press she couldn't push I said they should pray for her I couldn't pray but guess what I stored up prayer for nine months so that day when it came when I couldn't pray I still had faith because I knew something was going to happen and she delivered safely without any complication now hear me what I'm saying is that the reason why we must keep praying as a lifestyle is because there will be a day that comes when something hits you and you can't pray and it's the investments of prayer you have, you have done that you can cash out So prayer is also preparation. That's how we prepare. Do you know that the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4, the verse 1, open your Bible and you're going to see it. Luke 4, it says, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now look, the Bible says, the, the verse 2, he says, being 40 days, what? tempted of the devil in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he was afterward what hanging and look at the next verse and the devil said now listen Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and he went to fast for 40 days it was after the 40 days that the devil came now what is Jesus teaching us here that he fasted and prayed for 40 days to prepare for a temptation that was just 5 minutes so we need to understand that most of the time the prayers you are doing are more for preparation than for extinguishing like fire many of you are treating prayer as emergency but actually prayer is how we prepare for emergency 
So Jesus prepared through fasting and prayer. So when the devil came, he could discern, he could talk back. He was able to handle temptation because he prepared well. How well are you prepared? That's like you can't stand it. That's like all kinds of thoughts just hit you down. You entertain all kinds of things. You know why? Because you haven't prepared in that place of prayer. And I was telling you by word of knowledge that every child of God will have an evil day that's going to come. Jesus had his evil day. The devil came to tempt him. And the Bible tells us that when he was done, look at the verse 13. Look at the verse 13. The Bible says when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for what? That means he didn't completely depart. He departed for a season. That means the devil came back again. But the Bible didn't record it. So the devil doesn't permanently leave a believer. The earlier you know this, the better. He will come today. He will come tomorrow. He will come next week. He will come next month. He will come next year. How prepared are you? You know the challenge? The challenge we have is that we human beings have a body so we can get tired. The devil is a spirit. He doesn't get tired. So you can, you can worry a man and then you get weary. Demons don't get weary. They will come today, they will come tomorrow with the same enticement, with the same energy, with the same force. How prepared are you? How prepared are you as a child of God? Don't tell me you are young. The devil does not know age. Don't say that. He's no respect of persons. That's why he can afflict babies. Prayerlessness is disaster, like I'm telling you. If you don't have a life of prayer, I'm not talking about praying Monday, praying the next Friday. Start with 30 minutes and develop it because you need it for your future. Prayer is how we prepare for our future. Prayer is how we prepare for the future. You know what it means? A believer who does not pray has no future. Start with 30 minutes. You thank God. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for the riches. Thank you. I'm going to be teaching you very soon when I'm done with this on the model of prayer. Remind me to teach you the model of prayer Jesus taught us. When he says, Our Father who art in heaven, it's not something we quote. It's a model he gave to us. It's not a prayer point. It's a model. Our Father, glorifying God, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That is hallowing God. Thy kingdom come. That means thy will be done on earth. That means we have to pray God's will. That's intercession. When he finishes, he says, give us this day a daily bread. That means you can pray also for provisions. Then he says, deliver us from what? The word evil, they go and check it. It's from the evil one. So we have to pray for God to deliver us from evil plots of darkness so it's not wrong for us to declare that any work of darkness again my life is destroyed i'm going to be teaching you that soon so you follow that pattern and pray those prayers for 30 minutes you'll see what is going to happen in your day listen a prayerless day is a bad day it doesn't matter whether somebody showed you some favor whatever it is it was still a bad day you know why because it was a day you missed in god's presence there is nothing more sweeter than God's presence. There is nothing more nicer than God's presence.
anytime I spend time praying the Holy Ghost I trust that whatever I'm going to teach you is going to be relevant to your life and if I fear your faces I can't tell you the truth and so far no face gets me here yet please lift up your voice and begin to pray